Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out on your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. All right, so in these uh, next four weeks, we're going to be speaking about relationships built on the rock. That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to be talking about rebounding from arguments and betrayals, which if you've been in any kind of relationship for any amount of time, then there's been arguments and betrayals. Um, We're going to talk about recovery, so a real way to heal and then to thrive past those arguments and betrayals. And then lastly, we're going to talk about a release. Um, When to push, when to pull, and when to let go of an issue or a stance. And so we know that (laughs) 2020 brought a lot of different things into our lives, into our families. Um, But one of them that we've seen uh, just in, not just in this church, but we've seen online and we've seen through relationship is that there's been an increased stress with all kinds of relationships, really every level of relationship. And friendships. Um, And we also know that God has called us into relationship. Like Jesus made it very clear that the greatest commandment is to love God. That's a relationship with him, right? To love him with everything that you have. And then to love your neighbor as you love yourself, which is another relationship. So we can't just escape relationships because they've gotten more difficult or more stressful or they look differently. Um, God has called us into various relationships, and so we have to figure out what's his plan for those relationships. How do we, how do we function in those? So for the next four weeks, we're going to provide godly guidance to build relationships, to repair relationships, or maybe even heal relationships. And again, when we say relationships, we don't want you to just think marriage. This also includes friendships. Um, let me say this, too, really quickly before, before you jump in. Every relationship has a purpose, But every relationship doesn't have the same purpose. So if you've been here, you've heard me talk about before. There's different levels to relationships. And and I believe as a a Christian, the the scripture tells us we need at least three levels of relationships. We need one level of relationship where the way I say it is somebody's pouring into you. Somebody's discipling you. Somebody's helping you. Somebody's encouraging you. Somebody's empowering you. And, and oftentimes, you don't get to really do the same for them. It's, it's really kind of a one-sided relationship in some ways. There's another level of relationship that we all need that we might call a peer relationship, where you're pouring into them and they're pouring into you. They're encouraging you, you're encouraging them. You're helping them, they're helping you. And then there's a third level of relationship where you should be pouring into someone else. You should be discipling someone else. You should be helping someone else. And honestly, they may not be able or ready to help you very much. It's the the whole, you know, plant seeds um, for trees that you'll never sit under. And and God designed us and invites us and encourages us and empowers us to have those relationships. Today, we're really going to talk... Um, more about those peer-type relationships, which aren't just friendships, but they're also marriages, um, but they are friendships. And and we're going to talk about that level of relationship where you're helping each other. And so we're going to give you some some tools with that. 
you know, when we were um, really building the notes for this, something that came to me is, man, I wish I heard this 15 years ago for me. Um, I wish that you know, my church was speaking this transparently because we have things that we've gone through. And in these series, there is stories and things that we plan to share that we believe will help everyone, uh, even if it's through things we've had to overcome. And just like Pastor Evan said, with 2020 being a year that caused so much strain across the board, um, really our role is, man, what can we do as the church, right? As pastors here, but as the church to help rebuild wherever it needs to be rebuilt. I know one of the things for me, one of the relationships that has ever been the hardest has been the relationship with myself. Me accepting myself, me dealing with when I make mistakes, me trying to... Um, really overcome thoughts of criticism of others or whatever. And so the relationship with myself, or I'd say the relationship with yourself, really think about that too, as we go through these four things we're gonna be sharing with you today, um, as we kick off Relationship Rebound. So first, let me give the definition for rebound. So to rebound means to bounce back after hitting a hard surface or object. If you have been in any relationship, parent, child, co-worker, people on the roads uh, also driving with you, at some point there is a moment of resistance. At some point there is a moment of friction that can easily happen. And so when you rebound, you can bounce back from that. So in everything, in every relationship that you're going to be navigating this year and beyond, Think about how quickly do I bounce back? This is your gauge. Should I think about with your parents, whoever, how quickly do I bounce back? Am I just um, a volcano bubbling inside? If you are, you ain't bounced back yet. That thing is still there. How quickly can you bounce back operating and flowing the way that you actually should? And so let's go to Matthew 7. Matthew 7, and we're going to start at verse 25, and we're going to read this passage of scripture about how you should be building, and this is just an excellent just metaphor about building on the rock. Verse 25, it says, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house. It goes on to say, and it fell not for it was built upon the rock. Now we know this is referring to the rock of Jesus Christ, right? This is saying when you build your life, when you build who you are based on Jesus Christ, you cannot fall. You cannot fall. A lot of times in life we can get distracted and start building it on other things, building it on good family fun, building it on we just laugh everything off, but stuff's still around, building it on a lot of other things. But God has said, when you build it on me and God is love, he's patient, he's kind, he's selfless. All these other things are a part of it. But y'all, notice what happened to the house, even though it didn't fall. The winds blew. It was beat on. The floods came. This is a part of every relationship you will ever have. 
whether you're a Christian or not. Y'all hear me? Okay, it's quiet. You know, we can't see no expressions up in here. It's tough. It's tough. But we want you to understand that no one is exempt. Think about Jesus' life. Jesus had the wind blow the way, I mean, everything came against his closest circle and even the crowds. So never expect to be, never believe that you will not encounter something because you met someone that's cool. Friend or not, right? They cool. At some point, the winds will blow. Can you bounce back from that? So the real question is, what are you going to build with today? And so if you're talking about what you're going to build with, then we, we kind of need to lay some of those foundational building blocks, right? And the first one, um, the first principle of a strong relationship is your relationship should empower you toward who God called you to be. And don't let that... Don't let that make, be too, too tricky for you or too much for you, right? Like each relationship should empower you to follow Jesus. It, it shouldn't pull you away from who God's called you to be, who God's invited you to be. So if you're dating somebody and he came to church uh, one time with you and then he don't come back, but you know he said he coming, is he the right relationship for you? I'm just saying, you know, Valentine's next week. So I'm just saying, he never said that about Jesus. You know, he just believed in the higher power. Is that empowering you to get close, closer to Jesus? So, 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 the answer to that is no. No. But the answer may be not necessarily no. It may be just not right now. That's right. Because when we first started dating. Oh, my gosh. Yes, you were a mess. And so... I just had fire insurance. That's all. He that's did all. in his salvation. So what he had, he was new to, new to Christ. He didn't really know very much in terms of scripture. He was I didn't newly, know anything. He was newly saved. But me, I grew up in church. I knew right. But did I do right? I did not. I was new in college, freshman, sophomore. We had a very codependent back and forth, just breaking up all the time. It was, a, who's ever been in a relationship like that before? Who's ever? Look. But it was it was spiritually I was pulling you down. I Absolutely. was pulling you away from who God called you to be. And in my mind and heart, I'm justifying it. I know this person is not empowering me to move closer to God, which means I'm moving further away from purpose, further away from who I am, why I was created to be on this planet. There is a cost to walking away from the God that created you. There's a cost to it. And I am suffered a lot of heartache and heartbreak because of that. In more than just our relationship, it began to change who I was. I began to, I began to compromise my values and all these things because I wanted to be liked. And this happens with a lot of friends. This can happen for grown-ups at work. You want to be liked by your coworkers. Yeah. So, same principle. Yeah. Yeah, so if the relationship is, is not empowering you to follow Jesus, empowering you to do what God has called you to do, um, then what, what we're saying is that's not, that's not building on a rock, right? Now, there may be, again, there may be a relationship. It wouldn't be a romantic relationship, but there may be a rela relationship where God is asking you to help pull somebody up. That's not what we're talking about. 
We're talking about these other relationships, these friendships or romantic relationships where like, oh, he, he's going to love Jesus. I'm going to pray him into being a Christian. I'm going to. You know, that don't work. You know, I no, thought that work. would work with us, y'all. We were in college and we had gotten, en- we've been engaged two times. We were engaged in college. I just got to say, I nailed both of the questions though. Both times I popped, the, I nailed it. Don't, don't lie. You're trying to brag on the engagement. I'm just saying, like I did it. I'm two for two. They were good. They were really good engagements. But the first time we both came to an agreement, it was a conversation I remember in the car. It might have been raining in my head when I played back. And we was just like, this ain't going to work out. We know good and well we're not going in the direction we're supposed to. Shortly after, he moved back to Atlanta where he was from. And it was just over. I had to actually let him go. And it was a couple of years later that we were engaged again in the same city, in the same church. And by that time, we were two completely different people. Because God had been working on him. God had been working on me. And so by the time we started dating again, we, we had to get to know each other. Because we were, had dated other people. It was a whole thing. But we were now in a place where Christ, we would build each other up. Like, it was, it was amazing how God repaired, healed, and allowed us to actually bounce back. But it was because we were committed in the second time to do things the right way. So, and, and even outside of a romantic relationship, like our other relationships that aren't us intentionally discipling someone, um, we need to make sure that those are relationships that are empowering us to be who God called us to be. So we read about this throughout the scriptures. We read Paul writing to Timothy. We read um, him writing to Titus and different churches. And what was he doing? He was empowering them to be who God called them to be and do what God called them to do. We even read about Barnabas vouching for Saul at the time and, and later for John Mark. And we read about Paul confronting Peter. And, and what's the bigger picture behind these, these instances that we read about in relationship? It is that these were for the purpose of empowering either each other or powering one person in the relationship to be who God called them to be. So we have to make sure that our relationships um, our friendships and romantic relationships, especially, that, that, that God has entrusted to us are doing just that. They're going in that direction. Because if, if we're not intentional about making sure they go in that direction, then I promise you, Satan will use them to pull you in the opposite direction. I would even think of this with like parents and kids. Um, when you're a parent, whether your child is young or not, if that relationship is centered on Christ you always have a foundation for which you always have a mutual connection that is stronger than something superficial like our traditions and we in sports or whatever it may be. But when you have a parent-child relationship where Jesus is a center, so for example, like if our kids, um, one of them got in trouble recently, we, we, he shall he shall remain nameless while he's chatting over there. But one of the children got in trouble a little bit, okay? All right, you know, teacher was like, hey, you know, this, this child is trouble. And so what happened is when we have the conversation with them, it is, babe, here's what God thinks about the behavior. Here's why God still loves you. And here's why you should try harder. 
right? So the foundation of how we're parenting or how we're instructing them is not based on what mom's been through, what dad's been through, what mom thinks, what dad thinks is here's what God is wants for you. Here's how God is rooting for you. If God asks you to do it, that means you're strong enough. You can not hit the kid, okay? You can keep it together when they talk about you. You can hold it together, son. You can do it, right? You don't have to kick the desk. You don't got to kick the desk. I know it was wrong. They shouldn't have done it, you know? But we give that guidance and counsel. And so when they get older, our prayer is that they also default back to that same relationship, which should be the core of who they are. The, the, next, the next one is um, next principle for these strong relationships, these uh, building blocks on the rock are relationships should allow you to grow and forgive you for the mistakes that you make, especially when you're corrected. So um, this involves change, right? Like this involves being able to grow and develop and relationships uh, should empower you to follow Jesus, but they also should give you that grace and that space to be able to grow. And but that's hard when you marry because you always around each other. Yeah. One of the things we say in premarital counseling is, would you marry this person if they didn't change at all? And if you can't answer yes to that, you're not ready to be married. Because too many people marry on potential. They marry on, oh, I'm, I'm praying that they'll grow in this area. And listen, um, we've been, we just figured it out the other day. In September, we'll be married 15 years. Yes. And there's some things that we've had to say like, hey, you keep asking me, that's not changing. Yeah, it was one point like you're seven, like, I'm gonna do I that. was like, I'm going to do that. That's okay, forever. we're seven years in, okay? Either I'm just crazy for still expecting this or you're not trying hard enough. We need to figure out which one, okay? So when it's trash day, you can't take all the trash cans out. Okay, we're year seven. I don't think that's what we were talking about. Oh, it's not? Oh. But I to think my you point, just threw, I think you just threw that you in. You know, just a practical. I think that was like a personal. A practical like, example, you know. So. I think it's like a current personal. You know, I'm just saying. Thing. So at this point, I should expect inconsistency. You know, that's what I mean. So then I had to decide, you know, am I going to forgive? Can I bounce back from this? Um, especially when he fix it, but just a couple weeks. But can I still bounce back after that, you know? You don't go around and check all the trash cans. You don't even know if I take them all out. I be checking. But there's some things where you're just like, hey, you know what? This is kind of who I am. This is who you are. And it's not like a major thing. And so do we just need to accept that this is the way it's going to be? Just accept it, girl. Just accept it. The socks going to stay on the floor, girl. It's <laughs> she said, no, it's going to stay Wait, there. My it's socks been on years. The floor. This ain't about you. Oh, okay. Because a minute ago it was. Example. A minute ago it was. You know? <laughs> And I mean, the sinks are just, they're just going to be stained with makeup. Like that's just, that's just the way it's, you just got to let it be. Come get your dad. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta, Come get your dad. You got to just understand there's, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you want to keep going? Uh-huh. We just accept <laughs> it. Uh-huh. And now what we're talking just about? Just accept it. Accept that thing, you know? You just accept it. Because sponges be under your sink too. You know, sponges to clean up. Yeah, and I mean, there's just going to be hair in the shower. I mean, it's just, it's just, 
I don't want to keep playing this game because I don't know where the line is. <laughs> and I could easily cross the line and it I don't know where the line Sunday. is. It is Super Bowl Sunday. You still want them nachos? Did I, yeah. Oh. Did I cross the line? I didn't no, mean to. Okay, no, good. Okay. Y'all, we playing. But we mean it, but we playing. Yeah, I really don't know where the line is, though, so I'm glad we're stopping. <laughs> Here's something that we have to realize. Um, when it comes to allowing growth and change in relationship. God knows what you want more than you know what you want. Let me say it a different way. God knows what you need more than what you, what you think you want. Um, to be honest, like when we got married, when we got engaged the second time, we, we, we did it in a righteous and a holy way. And, um, but we did it because God told us to get married. Even during that because of our past relationship, there was a large part of that time where I was like, God, I really don't like this about her. Like this, and, and it wasn't like she'd left hair in the shower. Like I didn't even know that back then. Y'all, it'd be a detangled situation, but okay, go ahead. Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know. I don't have no idea how that, but I didn't know that you cut wigs either, but that's a whole different uh -huh. thing. Trim. Oh, trim. I don't know. It's just a trim. <laughs> It's just a trip. So, As it get kinky in the back. Yeah, no, it's great. You make it look amazing. Um, but but there were like there were like big things. There were like big things. Like like uh, like back then, Pastor Priscilla was really tough, and and I was like, God, I don't like that. But God told us to get married, and I thought that was a, 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 um, something that that I didn't want. But it wasn't long after that that I realized it was something that I needed. And had she not been that tough, I don't think that we still would have been married today. So you have to trust God that, that the things that maybe you don't like, he will use those things for, for the relationship, for the good. But also there's other things that, that she's changed over the years that now I love. Hopefully vice versa. <laughs> So, um, to his point, I saw y'all clown over the wig. Y'all, we be talking like this all the time, like normal. It's okay. You know, it's okay, okay. But I do want to say, like, to his point, God knowing what you need. I want to go to that sentence you said of God told us to get married. This means that we had peace and multiple confirmations that this was the right decision, right? Not necessarily we had some infatuation dream. Right. And oh, God told me you're not in this in the spooky. Right. This is we had a peace. We had confirmation inside. We waited. We were patient. And then he approached me. Right. Um, but when it comes to actually God knowing what you need more than you know what you need. Guys, think about this also in friendships. Some of us only want to surround ourselves around people that will never hurt our feelings. If I think this person is safe. They will never hurt my feelings. I think this person is, and a lot of times it can be based on the areas where we need to grow. And if God knows that you have to grow, there are going to be people strategically around you, coworkers that get on your nerve, a, a child of yours that pushes all your buttons. There is growth God is calling you to, and he knows that that happens through people many times. And so because of that, you have to be okay with being uncomfortable sometimes. Marriage is the biggest pressure cooker of all time. 
And so in a marriage, whatever's in there comes out. And that's why it's so important over these upcoming weeks as we learn how to truly rebound or bounce back. Like we have to be able to recover from when the pressure cooks and the wrong things come out. Because when we got into these friendships, whatever they may be, there are things about yourself you might not have even known yet. It don't even matter how old you are. You might not have even known, man, I really start to think this way after that person betrayed me. Now everyone pays. Why? I haven't recovered. Yeah. I haven't recovered. And, and if you get into relationships where they don't allow you to grow and they don't allow you to make mistakes, then what that likely means is they're just not ready for that level of relationship. It's not as much a, 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 a negative towards you, right? Like if somebody just expects you to be perfect and you always have to like live up to their standards for them to be friends with you, for them to connect with you, then like, look, um, they're not ready to have that level of, of relationship. Now, if you're married and that's the case, then that doesn't mean that you get to like throw your hands up and be like, yeah, nope, you're not ready to be married to me. Like you should have known that before you said I do. And if that's the case, then um, let us know. We'll do some counseling. <laughs> no, number three, uh, no relationship thrives without sacrifice. No relationship thrives without sacrifice. Sacrifice don't feel good, Pastor Evan. No. And, and in relationship, many times what we go into, we go into it with the expectation of compromise. And the, the deeper the relationship goes, the more we think it's about compromise. Compromise, a lot of times, especially now, the narrative is we do 50-50. Yeah. I have 50% of the effort, and you're supposed to give 50% of the effort. That's compromise. That's what I think a lot of times we feel like relationships are. Yeah. And, we're, and that expectation, I can promise you this, that expectation will always let you down. So... Um, we tell this story when we were first starting our engagement before we got married. We went and we asked somebody who'd been married a long time, like, hey, what do we need to know? Like, what's the secret to a marriage that lasts forever? And he's like, compromise. You know, sometimes go where she wants to go to eat. Sometimes go where he wants to go to eat. Sometimes do what she wants. Sometimes do what he wants. And honestly, that was the worst advice. Well-meaning, but it was the worst advice we could have ever gotten. Because a couple years in... We were sitting there, and if you would have asked me, I'd have been like, man, I compromise all the time, and she never compromises. And she would have said the same thing. Here's what we've learned. The deeper the relationship goes, the less it's about compromise and the more it's about sacrifice. So in marriage, it's not about compromise. It's about sacrifice. And if you will have your focus on sacrificing for that other person, um, then your expectations won't put you in this place of being let down of frustration. The scripture talks all about this. John chapter 15, verse 12 and 13, Jesus says this. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. So we're not just talking about marriage relationship. For your friends, the deeper the relationship goes, the less it's about compromise, the more it's about sacrifice. So much so that in Ephesians 5, when talking to husbands, um, Paul says this in verse 25 through 27. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. So when you're single and you're in a friendship or dating type of relationship, sacrifice is minimal. 
But when you get to marriage, it develops, it deepens where sacrifice needs to be complete. So as a husband, I am to sacrifice for her regardless of whether or not that's reciprocated. It's not about compromise. It's not about I'll serve you if you serve me. It's not about if you offend me, I won't make you nachos for the Super Bowl. That's not what this is about. This is about sacrifice, that even if you offend me, I will make, if you offend me, I will make better nachos for the Super Bowl. Our daughter is laughing loudly. Mariah, I really want those nachos, mama. (laughs) A lot of times, I think in relationships, like you said, they deepen over time and sacrifice looks, can look different. It grows. But I think one of the biggest traps of the enemy when it comes to any relationship you're in is well, I sacrifice more than you. Yeah. There are, I believe, a generation of relationship that said, I'm the man. If I'm working, that's all the sacrifice I need to give. I'm bringing home the paycheck. Ooh, people start itching like, ooh, Lord. Then it like was. Like you're not working because you're staying at home. So that, I believe, a lot of relationships existed under that understanding. The woman, uh, she's at home. Back at and one time, she's making meals from scratch. And just like Thanksgiving, every Thanksgiving, I'd be like, how did they do this? All, it takes forever to make this meal. But as time has gone on, and women start going to work some decades ago, and somehow that same way of thinking still, I believe, carried where she's working and home, contributing, but I believe there was still some ways of thinking that said, but many men were like, well, you know what? I'm still working. That's all the sacrifice that I need to make. And I've seen this be a huge debate and even reason why a lot of singles don't want to be Christians or even have a Christian marriage because they see it as female bondage. I have heard this just way too much from talk shows to posts to everything. And it's, I don't need a man now because I feel restricted by. But we see that the word of God says plainly that a Christian man sacrifices for her. And he sacrifices so much to the point that it makes her better. Yeah. So if the sacrifice he self-declares de- or defines does not make her a better woman, it is truly not sacrifice. Yeah, I was recently, not, not that recently because of Corona and all that, but, but not too long ago I was doing a wedding and the bride and groom, they, I was trying to like, hey, here's the vows. Here's what I'm going to say. And they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to say. And so finally at rehearsal, I'm like, all right, here, we're going through. And here's where I'm going to talk about this and here's where I'm going to talk about this. And then I got to the part where, and here's where I'm going to talk about, you know, wives submit to your husbands. And she goes, whoa, 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 what? Now this was an unusual, we didn't go through premarital, it's a whole, it's a, it's a, it's a one-off, right? And, and, and he was like, yeah, 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 no, it's just like this part, and it's just about to, he had read it. He was like, you know, it's just, he was kind of like, hey, this is just what Evan needs to say kind of thing. And she was like, no, he ain't saying that at my wedding. <laughs> it was like, wow. Because wow. a lot of times we're around Christian folks who understand a little bit more about what that is and, not, and what it's not. Um, but you're right. It is going to a place where 
it is all about compromise and, and what is deemed as equality versus sacrifice. And just a couple scriptures above what Pastor Evan read about husbands um, sacrificing for their wives to the point where it is washing them, it's cleansing them. All the, if she's experienced trauma like I have, if she's experienced things, baggage she's bringing in, just like you, your actions as a husband should be one that helps her to be able to grow out of it. It, it gives her grace. She's able to really change and become the woman God has called her to because of who you are, because you're growing and you're sacrificing. Another scripture that I think gets overlooked so much is the scripture says that um, husbands and wives or everyone should submit to each other. Yeah. So the scripture about hus a wife submitting to husbands is not stronger it's equal to the scripture just what four scriptures above it that's in Ephesians 5 that says submit one to another. Yeah. So don't forget that. It's not about male dominance. If, if a woman feels like she cannot express herself without punishment, there is a sacrifice not being made. That means pride is running the show yeah. and pride has to be sacrificed. Whatever is in Away. Well, and that's what Jesus, that's, that's what we read in Ephesians 5 is this picture of Jesus to us as the church, right? And, and part of that is wherever there is spot or wrinkle or blemish, wherever there is fault, Jesus is the one who steps in. Um, and we have a part to play, obviously our confession and repentance, we have a part to play, but Jesus is the one who steps in and presents us back to the Father pure and holy. And, and, and we're given, that's the example of husbands to wives. So husbands, when you see a, a spot or wrinkle or blemish or fault in your wife, it's not for you to judge because that's not what Jesus does for us. It's not for you to punish because that's not what Jesus does for us. Yes, she has a part. Your job is to present her back to God without that. And so how do you do that? We read it. It's through the washing of water with the word. So the water represents Holy Spirit and the word is the word. So you do it through leading her in the word and in prayer. It's what Holy Spirit and water represents. I think a lot of people could hear that and be intimidated. I know for me at one point, I could hear that and feel like, man, that sounds like a lot. It like, is. Like, let's say you at the grocery store. Oh, this ain't us. This, oh, this one just random. Uh, you're at the grocery store, and one person wants to go vegan, and the other person is wants, okay, nachos. <laughs> the other person wants nachos uh, with Rotel. You want Rotel? Absolutely. Uh -huh. so, can, can you have nachos without Rotel? I don't know. You know? So you're at, the, you're at the grocery store, and you're trying to debate. And so you get into a disagreement. How does sacrificing and washing with the word helps if every time you talk about food, she goes off? There's something about food that always upsets her. So how in the so world... So the washing of water, you start with prayer. So that means in the grocery store. It might, but it, might, it means after that, you pray for her. Mm -hmm. and, and then it means, probably outside of that moment, what does the word say about her reaction or her issue or whatever, and you lead her towards that. Now, you can't make her. You can't force her. Because that's not Christ-like. Trust me. That ain't happening. But you can lead her. You have that responsibility. That was really good. Um, we're out of time. But let me give you number four. Uh, give me, number four is giving what you may not receive. 
giving what you may not receive. So Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And again, if we're talking about, that, that's, that's great for all relationships. If we're talking about marriage relationship, you could go back to Ephesians 5, verse 33, where it says that husbands, like this is the mission statement for mission. Husbands should... In, 5.33, Ephesians 5.33, it says, husbands, love your wives as you love yourself. And wives, see that you respect your husbands. So um, this is where we talked about earlier. Like, husbands, your role is to love her the way that she receives love, not the way that you want to give love, regardless of what you get back. And her role is to respect us regardless of what she gets back. And that's in a way that we receive respect, right? So this goes to... Um, the Five Love Languages book. If you haven't gotten the Five Love Languages, we would highly encourage you to get that and read that, whether you're married or single, whether you want to get married or you never want to get married. It's, it's phenomenal to help us understand how we receive love. And just really quickly, you want to go through what those five are? Well, I did want to say that there was a point in our relationship where I felt like I was under some serious spiritual pressure. So I felt like I was like being oppressed and I don't want to, you know, spook anybody, but I felt like spiritual pressure, but I felt like it was almost physical. It was just a really dark time for me. And I felt like I was fighting depression. And um, this is when I was actually pregnant with our daughter. And I told him, I was like, he was like, you know, I need you to do this more. Or I need you to do that more, which he was right to say. If there's something that you're not getting, it is your job to say it. It is not their job to guess. You have to communicate. And so he actually said it, which was great for him. You know, he actually said it. And I had to say back to him, look, I love you, but I have nothing else to give right now. I feel like I'm fighting for my life. I literally feel like I'm fighting for my whole life in my mind. Ooh, makes me emotional. So I told him, I, have, I can't, and I need you to lean into God and sustain, right? Like, I can't, like, come out more. Like, come out and be with us more. I can't. Right now, I feel like I can only do this on my own. I don't feel like you can help me out of this. I need you to pray more. I need you to this. I, I had to tell him back. And so it was a time where he had to give without receiving. He had to get okay with this is where she is. God help her right? And there are times in your relationship where you may feel like, well, I'm not getting everything. No, you might not be. But if you haven't taken God serious enough to ask him for what you need, then you're still not going to get it. It'll be temporary and keep falling apart. There's another aspect of something that we did, uh, which helped us a lot. And that was actually counseling ourselves, Oh, not like each other, but going to therapy, going to counseling, where there were issues that as a result of me being triggered, uh, some traumas that I experienced in life were triggered in and our relationship. traumas I had that I didn't even know. Yes, were. that he, um, when he was going through a difficult time, it was triggering things in me way back from when I was a kid. And I couldn't understand why I kept retreating. Um, because even in disagreement, 
as dramatic as I am, I'm not loud. I, I go quiet because that's what chaos brought in my house. I retreated, shut the door, I'm away, I'm out of here. And so when he was going through a difficult time, I began to do that and it was hurting us. His behavior was and so was mine. And so we had to actually get help. Someone needs to help us walk through what this looks like. We understand what the words say. We're completely clear on that. And we got a Christian one, of course, who knew the word and also understood, uh, could help us understand each other's perspective because it was a fog. There was so much drama that it kicked up. Now there's a fog that's around us. And so now we need help walking out. So between the word communicating with the person, and if you can't communicate and get through it, then you need a third party to hold you accountable to walking out the issue so you can really bounce back. Would y'all be interested in hearing from our counselor, having her come to one of these sessions? And Okay, so Pastor Priscilla and I want her to come, so me and her and the four of y'all that want her to come, we're, we're going to try to make that happen during this series because um, a, a Christian counselor... Um, graduate of Oral Roberts University. Yeah, it was just coincidence. And, yeah. um, and she's really helped us with some biblical, practical tips that we want to make sure you guys get. So uh, in summary, the foundation of strong relationships. We, we're giving you four uh, building blocks, four, four things that you can build on the rock with. Um, friendships or relationships should give you strength. They should empower you to, to go in the direction God wants you to go, to be who God wants you to be. They should allow growth, right, and mistakes um, you should prepare yourself to sacrifice and you should give without the expectation of receiving. You should be selfless. Amen. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.